Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And on your screen right now, or through my voice, if you're listening on podcast, is the logo for Bungie, the makers of Destiny 2. Now, if you've been with us for a while, you know that only a few months ago, we covered a lawsuit that Bungie had put forth that, among other things, attacked YouTube pretty significantly. Attacked them on what? Well, they attacked YouTube on the basis that YouTube didn't have the quote-unquote proper mechanisms to detect fraudulent copyright takedown notices or to react to them once Bungie had identified that those takedown notices were indeed fraudulent. And this goes back to a case that was filed originally against one to 10 John Doe's, meaning people that they didn't have information on, all in an effort to subpoena YouTube to get them to turn over some of the data that Bungie could then use to identify who was fraudulently taking down Destiny-related materials on YouTube. Now, I've covered this at length here in this space, including the original lawsuit, but there was an update just yesterday that I think a lot of you are going to be interested in because, frankly, as I said in today's thumbnail, the lawsuit just keeps getting weirder and weirder. Now, before we get into specifics there, I do want to point out this virtual legality, the Hoaglaw YouTube channel, is supported by viewers and listeners like you. If you are interested in supporting the channel in discussions about business and law and video games and pop culture, please do consider supporting us at Utreon or Patreon or putting likes in or doing all the other good stuff that you can do. And if you do elect to support the channel there, one of the tiers that you can support us on does get sponsorship the whole month for the channel. And I want to thank those sponsors today, including Brendan Coleman, Chill and Joy, Dragon Girl, Falcus Vipus, Lady Emily, Lethal Five String, Nord, Opal Studded Dagger, and Sinfrog for making this, these conversations, this channel, all the stuff that we do here possible. Thank you so very much. Now, as I mentioned, we did cover this case before when it was a lawsuit without data. When all Bungie knew really was that someone was going around apparently impersonating their own brand management partners, a company called CSC that Bungie hires and tells when to issue DMCA takedown notices online, and they had found that someone was fraudulently doing that. In fact, in the lawsuit itself here at the bottom of page 10, they say, upon our information and belief, which is what you have to plead to in a court document when you're not a thousand percent sure, but you think everything points to this. Doe defendants, the folks we can't identify, disseminated misinformation via an email from the fraudulent address jeremywildlandcsc at gmail.com. In this email, Doe defendants claimed falsely that the legitimate agent's address, David Thompson CSC at gmail.com, had been issuing false takedowns for years, causing confusion among recipients of legitimate DMCA notifications and calculated to cause the recipients of legitimate takedown notices to file inappropriate copyright counter notifications with YouTube. Now we're going to get again into the specifics here. I'm not going to cover the lawsuit as it originally existed in March of this year because a lot of it is copied over into the amended complaint we're going to look at today. But the important part here is that Bungie issued some takedown notices through this company, CSC. This got somebody upset. That somebody, according to Bungie, allegedly put together their own profiles that match the way that their company, CSC, actually put their profiles in for use on YouTube. And one of the things that Bungie alleges that I know there's some disagreement on in my comments, I can't actually tell you the veracity of Bungie's claim here, but I think we can assume 
they know what they're talking about is that in order to use the programs that YouTube gives them in order to police their own content, you have to have a Gmail account that CSC, their company has these Gmail accounts. And when they actually issue a valid takedown notice as Bungie did in January and March, I believe of this year, maybe it's December of last year and March of this year, Bungie goes and gives this information to these folks. And one of these individuals decided that now was the perfect time for a Joker-esque fraud campaign. The only difference being that if you try to be a master criminal in the real world, you're likely to see a lawsuit come from the Bungies of the world like this one. We're going to talk about the various aspects of this, how Bungie appears to have this individual, Nicholas Minor, dead to rights. But as we say here, this isn't legal advice. It also is merely allegations at this point in time. Bungie is going to plead some stuff that, if believed, would strongly suggest they have found their man and this person did some very, very bad things uh, that are likely to cause them some significant trouble. But we have to remember, it's still all alleged and this is a complaint document and there could potentially be a defense, although one struggles to wonder what that might be. So instead of John Doe's 1 through 10, it is now Bungie Inc. versus Nicholas Minor. We know it's the same case because it has the same case number and identification and we see the same six complaints. Fraudulent DMCA notices, we'll talk about those. False designation of origin, which is a trademark violation, we'll talk about those. Copyright infringement, some of which makes sense, some of which is maybe a little bit of a stretch. Business defamation, violation of the Washington Consumer Protection Act, and breach of contract. Because as we talk about in this space, when you buy something like Destiny 2, you enter into a contract for that product. And when you do that, you also agree to certain terms like, oh, I don't know, I'm not going to try to defraud or otherwise cause trouble for the company from whom I just purchased this Destiny 2 product. Or in this specific case is identified by Bungie, the OST, the soundtrack for The Witch Queen, which apparently was uploaded almost immediately. And that's something that Bungie reacted to pretty strongly. Introduction. Bungie, as you may or may not know, is the creator, developer, and publisher of Destiny and Destiny 2, wildly successful, massively multiplayer online first-person shooter games with a devoted fan base. This case arises out of Nick Miner's malicious campaign to serve fraudulent takedown notices to some of the most prominent and passionate members of that fan base, purportedly on Bungie's behalf, in apparent retaliation for Bungie enforcing its copyrights against material Miner uploaded to his own YouTube channel. And this is really where the rubber is going to hit the road. Now you can go check videos on this channel. If you look for Bungie on this channel, you will see them where I talk about something called the copyright trap. And I talk about it in respect of not just Bungie, but video game companies in general that do this thing where in their terms of service, they say, you're not allowed to do anything with our material. And if you do anything with our material, it's infringing because we've only given you the license to play a game like Destiny 2 on your own computer. So if you do something else, well, that would be infringing by the letter of the law. But we will adopt a separate policy or guidelines or forum post or whatever that particular video game company decides to do. And this will give you permission to do various things. And I called it a copyright trap primarily because in the law, what it means is you can be infringing and we won't prosecute you and not what many people believe it to mean, which is you're fully legal if you follow these particular rules. And various lawyers online have disagreed with me on this. And I've even talked to the Bungie Council on social media. Uh, But ultimately, what it allows these companies to do for the most part is say, here are the lines with which you can color in. And if you go outside these lines, we might 
cause trouble for you. Otherwise, we also reserve the right to cause trouble for you should we deign to do so because it's infringing by letter of the law. Now, Bungie did something interesting in this lawsuit, which we will see again in this amended complaint, which is to suggest that that actually is a kind of license, which is a big deal for people that are making videos and streams of Bungie content. So to some extent, this actually affected a good thing for those other content creators not named Nicholas Minor. Again, that's prelude for what we're going to get to, but I wanted to cover it. If you're interested in that kind of copyright trap notion, you can take a look at it. Uh, that seems to have been basically ended by virtue of Bungie filing this lawsuit in the way that they did for this particular company, but it certainly still applies across the video game spectrum. Paragraph two. In December 2021, Bungie's brand protection vendor, CSC Global, we'll just be calling it CSC, issued a series of Digital Millennium Copyright Act takedown notices under Bungie's direction to a number of YouTube channels that had uploaded content that infringed Bungie's copyrights and violated Bungie's published policy on fan use of intellectual property. Now, the difficulty here, and again, I would recommend you check out those earlier videos if you're interested, is that a lot of the language in Bungie's published policy is inclusive of a lot of stuff that says, well, we'll generally not do this. And if you kind of have more of your stuff than our stuff, you'll be okay. It's all very loosey-goosey and allows Bungie to lower the hammer when it deigns to do so. And that honestly could be a part of this story because even though this individual is alleged to have done a lot of bad things that could get him in serious trouble, and we'll talk about those, one of the things that can be happening here that I think we have to acknowledge is that because of that loosey-goosey language in a policy like the one Bungie puts forth, some people could be confused about whether or not their stuff is infringing or not, right? You're allowed to use music in this way, potentially, but not this way. You're allowed to do this, but not this. And it's not as clear as it might otherwise be. And if an individual doesn't necessarily know that they're infringing and disagrees with what Bungie asserts, well... You might either have a copyright trap type situation, or if you're a really enterprising, but also probably illegally acting individual, you might get into a situation like this one. Paragraph three, among those receiving takedown notices, so this is December of 2021 we're in, was the YouTube channel of Lord Nazo, who had posted music from Bungie's original soundtrack, their OST, for The Taken King, a Destiny expansion released in 2015, in violation of Bungie's intellectual property policy. Now, this is just a raw assertion by Bungie, and ordinarily that wouldn't matter because anything anybody does as a derivative work of a video game company is likely infringing. Here, though, Bungie is going to say that their published policy on fan use constitutes a license to do those things, which makes this a more interesting question than it might otherwise be because then you can start to argue about the vagaries of the language in that quote-unquote license. Did he actually have the right to do this? Now, that doesn't matter when you start defrauding things and when you start filing uh, bad notices, but at the instant case, did Bungie actually have an infringement claim? Were they legitimately using the DMCA? And we're not going to get enough detail here to know exactly the answer to that. This individual is going to claim that they were doing various things with the soundtrack that should have allowed use, and they're going to have conversations about fair use and whatnot. But we're not going to get an answer to that, but it does present an interesting question. Paragraph four, in Bungie's experience, most YouTubers who receive DMCA takedown notices voluntarily delete the infringing video and make an effort to avoid future infringements. Minor chose a different path. Now, interestingly, of course, Bungie's the copyright holder here, and Bungie might be well within its rights against this individual, and certainly some of the things that they claim this individual did would suggest that they are, but 
we have to at least reflect on the fact, as we have talked about in virtual legality in the past, that you can be overzealous with your use of DMCA takedown notices and be wrong in doing so. We have a whole playlist on this channel about Sony taking down things like pictures of golf clubs as DMCA violations of The Last of Us Part Two, which are clearly overzealous and clearly wrongheaded and arguably fraudulent to the level of being penalized under the DMCA, which never happens because it's fairly toothless. But it shouldn't just be that we sit here and grant paragraph four, that the video was in fact infringing. So we'd have to go deeper into that if we weren't otherwise looking at a more interesting case. Paragraph six, after receiving the takedown notice, Miner left his infringing video up for the maximum possible time until late January, 2022, when YouTube deleted it. And instead, Miner created a new Gmail address, jeffreywylandcsc at gmail.com, intended to mimic the syntax of the email address CSC used for Bungie's legitimate takedowns. So he gets a takedown notice in December of 2021, again, all alleged by Bungie. And when that video has to be taken down because of the time mechanisms that YouTube uses in the end of January 2022, he creates a new address, jeffreywylandcsc at gmail.com, doesn't appear to use it at that time, but is ready to do so. In February 2022, he purchased and uploaded multiple tracks from another OST, this time for Bungie's latest release, The Witch Queen, when Bungie had CSC send DMCA takedowns for this second infringement and other infringing videos on his channel, Miner acted. He registered a second fake CSC email address, this time for Damian Reynolds, CSC at gmail.com, and began to send out a wave of fraudulent takedown notices. So the timeline here is he gets a takedown notice in December. It gets taken down in January. He starts making a CSC uh, email account the next month. He gets another takedown for the Witch Queen. He makes a second email. And then as Bungie states here, as they claim, 96 separate times, Miner used his fake CSC Gmail addresses to exploit the hole in YouTube's DMCA process security that allows anyone at all to claim to be representing a rights holder for purposes of issuing a takedown with no real safeguards against fraud. So here we have Bungie again, throwing shade at YouTube. And as we talked about in our earlier video on this subject, I don't have any problem with Bungie saying that YouTube isn't doing things the right way, but I do want to note that the DMCA itself basically wants these platforms, these quote unquote service providers to not be making judgment calls, right? Every single incentive in that law is set up around the premise that there are penalties for lying. In fact, you have to sign that you have the authority to do something like this under penalty of perjury, and that that is enough of a bulwark against fraud that the service provider should be able to trust when they get those statements, right? That if someone's willing to commit perjury to do this, to actually sign in an affidavit-like form that they have the authority, then that should be enough to dissuade people and that YouTube should basically take on faith that someone that goes through that process is otherwise authorized to do so. So YouTube not helping Bungie. Bungie clearly mad at YouTube, which you can see in that earlier video, and I'm gonna skip to some extent when we summarize this lawsuit here. But also YouTube has been told by Congress exactly what it is expected to do and how to incentivize itself in order to maintain a low risk of exposure on these items. So I don't really blame YouTube, and I put more of that blame on the DMCA and Congress when push comes to shove. Paragraph nine, 96 times Miner sent DMCA takedown notices purportedly on behalf of Bungie, identifying himself as Bungie's brand protection vendor in order to have YouTube instruct innocent creators to delete their Destiny 2 videos or face copyright strikes. 
disrupting Bungie's community of players, streamers, and fans. And here's where the kicker comes in. Here's where you start to get into the manifesto territory or the Joker plan. All the while, Lord Nazo was taking part in the community discussion of Bungie's takedowns, spreading disinformation, right? So if you look at everything that happened here, this is from my earlier video. You see me referencing it as a little bit manifesto-y. One of the things that this individual does is he sends out emails that were then sent to me by various community members to discuss in the video like this one that says, well, I did some of this fraud, but it was only to expose this other guy doing fraud, this David account, and you shouldn't trust David, and David's causing all this trouble. Only, as Bungie says in this lawsuit and said in the earlier lawsuit as well, David's the legitimate CSC guy. So you have this kind of cloak and dagger thing going on, and this continued throughout, right? One of the reasons I found this was people linked me to this Twitter thread from an individual on Twitter named Owen Spence at Adelix Music, and I apologize if I got that pronunciation wrong, says, extremely disappointed to find out that Lord Nazo, our friend, and someone in direct communication with us about the takedowns, was the person who issued the fake DMCA takedowns on behalf of Bungie. This should say allegedly, but it's understandable when somebody looks at this and says that happened. Nazo lied to us, started a Discord group DM with me, Promethean, Breshi, and Lord Canonic, maybe, and then said things like this, all while acting like he was a victim. I feel lied to, betrayed, and unbelievably upset that someone we knew and trusted would do this. Literally, almost all Destiny music on YouTube is gone because of this. Uh, and says again, okay, so the rundown is that there's a sort of community of Destiny music channels who do things like covers, but in this case, also music archival preservation channels that include Archival Mind and Brushy123. NASA was a friend of ours who had a music channel. Then you got people saying, hey, could you do a video on this? Thank you, Sarah Hare. And I did see this and I saw it from other folks that recommended we talk about this today. But you have an individual that didn't just have a plan to do this, but then actively participated, again, allegedly, if Bungie is accurate on all this, in the conversations surrounding it. We're going to talk about motivations as we get through here. It's a very convoluted plan concept uh, that is suggestive of multiple different motivations. Paragraph 10 this caused Bungie significant reputational and economic damage for obvious reasons. Destiny community members were misled to believe that Bungie's brand protection agent was also fraudulent, causing confusion among users as to the authenticity of legitimate DMCA notices. Bungie had to devote significant internal resources to addressing it and helping its players restore their videos and channels, an effort complicated by the fact that while YouTube has a form that allows anyone to claim to represent a copyright holder and issue copyright strikes, that's a DMCA compliance form, it has no dedicated mechanism for copyright holders who are being impersonated to let YouTube know about the DMC fraud because YouTube isn't required to do so under that law, right? And to some extent, we understand that when you are going to ask a platform service provider or maybe any other entity in any other industry to do something by legal fiat, you best make sure that your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed for what you're asking them to do because otherwise they're not going to do one ounce more than is required of them by the law. And that's in fact what YouTube is doing right now. You also get a footnote here that notes that one of the 96 attempts made by Miner was from a different Gmail account, apparently in error, tried to use the Damian Reynolds information in that account, but that account was then flagged. And this is actually how I think Bungie wound up founding some of all of this that they're about to call into question. Paragraph 11, Miner no doubt relied on his presumed anonymity to protect him as he embarked on his campaign, but... As detailed below, he left more than enough traces for Bungie to conclusively identify him once Google produced its data on the fraudulent email addresses. So again, 
when this all starts, Bungie decides to go through with this lawsuit, not because they think they can get tens of millions of dollars from this individual. That's very unlikely but because they needed to put forth this lawsuit in order to have the legal recourse to go try to force YouTube to give them the information that they wanted. And to some extent, as I said in that earlier video, this is a good thing for folks that are interested in this whole process. And it's a good thing for Bungie to be calling YouTube out and maybe to have YouTube improve its processes. YouTube actually fought the subpoena even as part of this court case. I almost covered that in a separate video, but decided not to do so. YouTube would ultimately turn over that information about two weeks ago. Uh, give or take, which led to this amended complaint from Bungie. But as Bungie points out, not everybody has the money to actually proceed with something like this, especially when there's very little chance of legitimate recourse from the defendant in question. So for those of you that are interested in all of this, Bungie is effectively defending its community in a way that I think a lot of us can applaud. We have the parties here. We have jurisdiction and venue. I didn't spot any issues there. And then we have some background, most of which we've already gone over or otherwise know. YouTubers like my name is Bife and Datto have roughly a million or more subscribers who watch their videos about Destiny 2, its lore and gameplay. And Bungie's income stream from the Destiny 2 game is entirely based on additional content gamers choose to buy because they are, at least ostensibly at its baseline level, free to play. Even though one can call into question exactly how much free playing you get to do in Destiny if you don't give them some amount of money. Thus, unlike a more typical model in which companies earn income by retailing individual copies or downloads of games... Bungie generates revenue from Destiny 2 if and only if its players find the game experience so compelling and enjoyable that they want to buy additional content. Maybe gilding their own lily a little bit much there, but the point is when you have something that attacks a community of a free-to-play game or a game that actually sells cosmetics and it has to have all this engagement, that could be potentially more damaging than a game company that's selling a product that's kind of a one-off, right? Because it, the community doesn't matter as much if you purchased a copy of, let's say, The Last of Us Part Two, because I referenced it earlier in the video, and then something happens on the community side after you've already bought it. It doesn't have the same kind of scope of issues as an ongoing live services type game. Bungie then says, hey, we own all these copyrights and trademarks to the game because those elements are integral to the gaming experience and because Bungie wants its community to be able to share and discuss Destiny gameplay and elements but also wishes to protect its intellectual property, Bungie has adopted a comprehensive policy governing the use, display, and performance of Bungie's copyrighted works. As noted in that policy, Bungie strongly supports the efforts of our community to produce non-commercial content using video images, footage, music, sounds, dialogue, or other assets from our games, subject to a few conditions, and generally approves streaming or commentary through approved platforms like Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook. Hey, we strongly support it, and we generally approve. That's the kind of language that's in the policy. Bungie does, however, reserve the right to enforce its intellectual property rights against infringers who violate the guidelines, as determined by Bungie in its sole discretion. Uh, Bungie permits players to create videos using Destiny gameplay. Bungie notes that the sharing of videos that are primarily Bungie-created content, trailers or cutscenes, is not allowed. And similarly, simply uploading songs from Bungie soundtracks or ripped from the game files of Destiny 2 does not comply with that policy, which appears to be, at least reading between the lines, what they are accusing this individual of doing. Bungie uses CSC as its vendor to handle DMCA takedown notices. YouTube's DMCA reporting form requires the reporting party to use a Google account. If the reporting party processes DMCA requests via a YouTube content management product like Creator Studio or Content Manager. And for that reason, CSC created and uses the David Thompson CSC at gmail.com account for its DMCA work relating to YouTube videos. At no point does CSC issue takedown notices on YouTube uploads related to Destiny without specific approval from Bungie's legal department. And that doesn't actually matter so much for the case in front of us, 
But it does matter for what Bungie and Destiny as a product were regularly accused of during this period of time, which was that it was an overzealous brand management firm, right? And it is the kind of thing that we did see with stories like the Sony one, where that brand management firm actually wound up striking Sony's Twitter, I believe, and maybe even a Sony video. I'd have to look at the details of that story because they were given general authority to go police the brand. Bungie here is saying that's not how we work with CSC. Everything needs to go through us. It's also why they were able to identify that there was a problem as quickly as they did. And then they give us a brief description of events. On or about December 20th, 2021, with Bungie's approval and direction, CSC issued a DMCA takedown for Miner's upload of The Last Stand, a track from The Taken King, to his Lord Nazo YouTube channel. Miner neither voluntarily deleted the infringing video nor provided YouTube with a counter notice claiming his use was not infringing. Instead, he simply left the video up until YouTube deleted it on or about January 25th, 2022. On that same day, Miner created the Jeremy Wyland account. On January 26th, so that's the next day, Miner tweeted his recognition that the DMCA takedown for The Last Stand was a legitimate takedown submitted by CSC as Bungie's brand protection vendor, responding to another user who had lost a video to a copyright strike and saying, except it's not actually Bungie who is going after them. It's a third-party brand protection service, which is typically more of a nuisance than a benefit, especially to developers like Bungie who are open to community content. Now, they are claiming in this paragraph that Miner has tweeted his recognition that the DMCA takedown was legitimate by talking about the brand protection service. And I don't think it actually does that from a legal perspective. They're creating a case here and they're going to have a good one by the time this all ends. But we can still read through a document like this and say, "Mm, I don't think that's an admission. I don't think that is Miner saying that I thought this was a legitimate takedown that I was infringing on Bungie's rights. And I'm not sure if we read through everything here that Miner does think, at least when it concerns him putting up videos of music, that he was infringing on Bungie's rights. That doesn't make him correct, by the way, but I never get the impression reading all of this that he actually thinks he was in the wrong with the initial stuff that he was putting on his channel. Upon information and belief on February 5th, 2022, so a few days later, Miner used the Jeremy Wyland account to submit a false DMCA takedown purportedly on Bungie's behalf. This is just out here in the ether. Paragraph 45 says he tries one of these on February 5th but we don't hear anything about it. Could be a test case, could be not him. We don't have any other information on this particular instance, except that it's much earlier than everything else that happens. About 20 days later, Miner purchases the Witch Queen OST from Bungie's online store, which we will find is one of his big mistakes here. Uh, The Witch Queen OST purchase came with a digital perk, a downloadable emblem, a virtual badge that can be applied to a player's Destiny account, which you might be wondering why that has any importance. And we find out in the next paragraph that Bungie delivered that emblem via a clickable link in an email to the perfectnazo one gmail.com email address Miner supplied at the time of the purchase. After purchasing the Witch Queen OST, Miner began uploading tracks from the OST to his Lord Nazo YouTube channel. And then about a week later, on or about March 2nd, 2022, at Bungie's direction, CSE initiated a series of DMCA takedowns, 41 in total, relating to infringing content that had been uploaded to YouTube. So start of March, we found out about this during a This Week at Bungie kind of update that we also covered on this channel. Bungie decides to do 40 plus takedowns of content on YouTube, and it seems to be related primarily to music at this point. All 41 early March takedowns related to music from Destiny 2 OSTs. Among those were 23 early March takedowns of videos on Miner's Lord Nazo YouTube channel. Interestingly enough, 
If you're doing the math at home, if you've got 41 in total in early March and 23 are directed at this individual, the majority of the takedown notices were aimed at this specific person. The majority, but not all, which is one of the things that has come up as we read through these documents that Destiny and Bungie seem to be playing a little bit fast and loose about because there are comments that relate to Destiny and Bungie deciding to issue these takedowns in early March that then slide into the late March fraudulent takedowns. And they're using all those comments to suggest that Bungie was otherwise defamed or harmed. And it gets a little bit questionable because there were certainly conversations happening when these takedowns happen that are quote unquote legitimate, according to Bungie. Because Miner was a repeat offender, YouTube disabled the Lord Nazo channel on March 3rd, 2022. And Miner instantly took to Twitter to complain to Bungie about the deletion. Please help me. I can't access anything on my Google account because it has been disabled due to copyright takedowns. Please retract the takedowns and I will delete everything that infringes on your copyright. So you do have a kind of admission here, but not really. I'll take down everything that infringes doesn't mean that that set includes anything in particular, but you do have an instant reaction to him losing the channel. Upon our information and belief, YouTube's actions in response to the early March takedowns were complete on or about March 16th, 2022, which is useful to Bungie. And I would love to get evidence of this because everything that happens from minor, or at least allegedly happens from minor, is after that point in time. On March 16th, Miner tweeted his dissatisfaction with Bungie's copyright enforcement. This is getting out of hand. Bungie needs to rectify these copyright takedowns and lock down their brand management. And beginning on or about March 17th, 2022, Miner began submitting a wave of unauthorized DMCA takedown notices, the quote-unquote fraudulent takedown notices, that's the phrase they're going to use throughout the remainder of the document, to YouTube for videos that allegedly infringe Bungie's copyright. So let's take a pause right there. So we're in this lawsuit. We've got this individual. He gets his channel stripped from him after getting a claim in December of last year and then another claim in March. He didn't do anything to respond to the December claim, which resulted in a strike and a deletion. And then because he's a repeat offender, YouTube disabled the channel on March 3rd, 2022, presumably as a third strike kind of setup. We don't get a lot of detail here that might otherwise illuminate things for us a little bit. And then he's complaining about brand management, right? What we saw earlier that Bungie wanted to use as an admission was talking about CSC as a brand manager. We see it again here referencing the fact that he doesn't think there's an issue. Bungie needs to rectify these copyright takedowns and lock down their brand management like CSC is running amok. So Bungie has established, at least in this lawsuit, as they have put forth in the complaint, that CSC doesn't run amok. Everything goes through them. But this individual thinks that they are, and it looks like decides to use that. That if Bungie doesn't have good eyes on what CSC is doing, which this individual might be thinking, then he can impersonate someone at their vendor and then go and make it clear that Bungie has no idea what they're doing. Upon information and belief, Miner created two fake accounts, specifically in order to submit fraudulent takedown notices. And then on March 17th, 2022, the day after Bungie says they are done with everything that they were doing in early March, Miner sends out 38 fraudulent takedown notices, 36 from the Jeremy Wyland account, one from the Jacob Avers account, in which he identified himself as Damian Reynolds, and then a duplicate of that Jacob Avers account uh, sends out one as well. Upon information and belief, Miner accidentally switched from his Jeremy Wyland account to his Jacob Avers account before submitting the Jacob Avers takedown while believing he had switched to his Damian Reynolds account and therefore entered the information Damian Reynolds into the form. A copy of the fraudulent takedown notice at issue there is annexed here too as Exhibit A. And the point of this is YouTube notices this. Upon information and belief, upon realizing that he had used the wrong email address, Miner switched to the Damian Reynolds account and submitted an identical takedown targeting the same video. 
That's attached as exhibit B. As reflected in those exhibits, and perhaps because of the duplication and the use of an email account without the CSC at gmail.com naming convention, the next day, YouTube flagged both notices as fraudulent and asked Miner to provide documentation of his authority to represent Bungie as the copyright holder. Now, interestingly there, this kind of also stands from Bungie as a certain amount of shade for YouTube, right? Because on the day after he sends out his initial wave of 36 notices, he makes a mistake YouTube notices it and asks for more information, even though this should be flagging for them all sorts of things that this individual might otherwise be doing it and doing the same kind of analysis that Bungie does in this lawsuit. YouTube doesn't do that, again, because they don't really have to under the DMCA rules, but it certainly would be nice to know that the platform could key in on something like this and say, hey, wait, maybe we should look into this a little bit further. Both times that YouTube requested the documentation, Miner responded the same way. I hereby retract my claim of copyright infringement. Oh, yeah, sorry about that, YouTube. My bad. Didn't mean to do that. Miner was fully aware at all times that he had no authority to submit any of the fraudulent takedown notices. Right. He doesn't represent Bungie. Nevertheless, Miner identified himself as Bungie's authorized agent when submitting the fraudulent takedown notices, providing a corporate web address, phone number, and address of an authentic CSC office in Delaware to do so and claiming I am part of CSC brand protection. So he did his homework on this. On March 18th, Miner sent another five fraudulent takedown notices from the Jeremy Wyland account. And on March 19th, 2022, the same day he withdrew the Jacob Averz and Damian Reynolds fraudulent takedown notices, the ones that YouTube noticed. So the next day after that, Miner submitted another 53 fraudulent takedown notices. And the reason Bungie frames this this way is exactly what you would think. It's to show that YouTube isn't doing the right things here, right? YouTube notices it on March 18th from these accounts, says, hey, give us some documentation. He says, nah, I'm retracting my claim and then allows 53 notices the next day from those same accounts, right? Over those three days in March, Miner submitted 96 fraudulent takedown notices targeting 95 videos posted by many members of the Destiny community, including a bunch of folks, including my name is Bife and some other people that have maybe sent me some information. (laughs) Paragraph 70, indeed, Bungie's own official Destiny YouTube channel got hit with a fraudulent takedown notice. Paragraph 71, having taken advantage of YouTube's reporting system by impersonating CSC, the attack was a success and videos were removed on the basis of the fraudulent takedown notices. Miner filed a fraudulent DMCA notice targeting his own YouTube channel purportedly on behalf of Bungie using the fraudulent alias Jeremy Wyland, CSC at gmail.com. Here's again, another area where we're getting into really wild machinations. So he creates a fake CSC person. He has that fake CSC person, again, allegedly, target his own channel, issues that strike, and then he writes a pretty long form counter notification to YouTube. Paragraph 73, using the confusion engendered by his own false DMCA notices, Miner also sent a counter notification to YouTube specifically challenging Bungie's identification of his videos as infringing based on the idea that the notifications may have been part of his own wave of fraudulent takedowns. Takedowns were issued on these videos supposedly on behalf of Bungie Inc. on the basis that using content from Bungie's games violated their trademark. However, Bungie's guidelines from their own website regarding use of their intellectual property state otherwise. Bungie strongly supports the efforts of our community to produce non-commercial content, etc. The music in these videos are from the game Destiny 2, which is permitted under their guidelines. Seeing as Bungie has been and still is supportive of community-made content, it would seem that these copyright takedowns go against their wishes. Furthermore, as per Bungie's tweet... It seems like the claimant David has been issuing false copyright takedowns as well. And Bungie had tweeted, 
We're aware of a series of copyright takedowns on YouTube and we're actively investigating. This includes content on our own Bungie channels. These actions are not being taken at the request of Bungie or our partners. Please stand by for future updates, which was a series of tweets from Bungie that I actually went out in social media and complained about because it's very vague, especially when Bungie, now that we know this from these two lawsuits or one lawsuit with an amended complaint, knew that they had issued takedowns now in December of 2021 and March of 2022 that were focused on eliminating music content on YouTube. Now, it's interesting that this Machiavellian actor here decided to do this, it looks like in part, in order to complain that Bungie's David, who actually works at CSC, was the one issuing the fraudulent takedowns and to provide cover for asking for his channel back which at a certain level of James Bondian villainy is respectable, but it's also not terribly legal if this is exactly as Bungie describes. As stated from Bungie's tweet, these takedowns were not made at their request. Plus, I have uploaded these videos for years without any request from Bungie to take them down, and it is even confirmed by Bungie that they did not issue or ask for these takedowns. I believe these videos were flagged by mistake due to parts of them bearing resemblance to the original music they were derived from, The videos contain self-modified audio track sequences that are used to create custom extended alterations of the original music, which falls under the transformative case of fair use. I can't speak to this, right? We've talked about fair use at length, but it's worthwhile to note that a lot of people get confused about derivative works, transformative works, and fair use. And certainly if you're predominantly using someone else's assets to make things that are even remotely related to those things, you might well find yourself in a derivative work framework, which the copyright holder has the exclusive rights to control rather than transforming it into something different with commentary or otherwise and getting into that fair use bucket. So this description raises red flags for me. I suspect that it is not in fact the case, but you're also getting a little bit more context here which is that this individual seemingly has been doing what he has been doing for a long time and is resentful of the fact that Bungie decided to act in December of last year and March of this one. He also claims that because he supplemented the video with his own graphics, that should also get him out of jail on this. All of this is actually kind of legitimate mistake-making by someone that maybe doesn't follow fair use or copyright law so well. And I would be empathetic or sympathetic to this were it presented in a real context. If Bungie is correct, and this is the individual that actually did the fraudulent takedown notices, this is Machiavellian. In any other context, this looks like a person that, while they might be wrong on the legalities here, is at least justifying themselves in a way that makes a certain amount of sense. But as presented here by Bungie, it's damning because this is the individual that's otherwise done this in the background. Paragraph 74, Miner obviously knew that the copyright takedowns on YouTube that Bungie was referencing in its tweet were the fraudulent takedown notices he had issued. The counter notice identified Lord Nazo as Nick Miner, his email as Perfect Nazo, and his address as listed above. So everything that they have found goes back to this individual, these comments, uh, and everything else on this. So Bungie thinks they have him dead to rights. And then they call into question all the damage. One community member explained some of the people running these channels use their main accounts for this, couldn't take the risk. Just unlisting videos doesn't protect them from strikes at all. This is the type of thing that alienates a dev company from their fans. And they put together all these quotes. Now, as I pointed out in my first video on this, these quotes relate to music tracks coming off of YouTube and the danger of those tracks. I don't know how much of that slides in to the fraudulent takedown notices as Bungie defines them here. But Bungie is playing at least a little fast and loose 
with this description because some of them definitely are talking about the takedowns that had happened throughout the year up until that point that Bungie apparently had now targeted folks that maybe hadn't been targeted before. However you might feel about this individual, and I think he's going to be in a lot of trouble when all is said and done, it does appear that he thought he was doing something that he had been doing for the lifetime of the Destiny project and that this was a new thing that was challenging him. And then he did some bad stuff in reaction to that. But at least as described, it might well be that Bungie is taking a more aggressive tack against some of these things. And we saw that with some of the responses that they had by adding a music archival provision to their policy because music archivists had complained about that. And so Bungie knows that some of this negativity was actually earned by them. That isn't terribly helpful to their complaint and no reason to include it here. Posting from his Lord Nazo Twitter account on March 18th, miners sought to leverage his fraud, tagging Bungie's Destiny of the Game Twitter account and multiple Bungie employees while tweeting, it seems like it's not just the music community getting hit. Two non-music channels cannot be a mistake. Either someone is making fake copyright claims on behalf of Bungie or their CSC is out of control. Now, again, in the context that this is the individual that did these fraudulent complaints, again, Machiavellian, sending out messages that say, well, if it's not just music, then CSC might be out of control. Again, I think on the assumption that Bungie had just given carte blanche to CSC and that maybe he could create friction between these parties and that nobody had good records as to what was authorized, CSC would otherwise restore everybody's channels and this individual would go on with their lives. Now, Paul Tassie over at Forbes did find a 1,400-word screed uh, in the height of the barrage of his own YouTube takedowns, allegedly, again, we would say to Paul, uh, going after Bungie in a now-deleted post I fished out with a removed Reddit tool. And we can see certain aspects of this. Uh, who is affected? We all know Bife's Destiny uh, video got hit with a copyright takedown for using assets from Destiny 2 and was restored shortly thereafter. If Bife's video, which contained at least 90% original assets, got hit with a copyright takedown, then nothing is really safe. Over the past two months, several other channels, in addition to Bife's, have been getting hit with copyright strikes. My channel contained extended versions of music. It amassed enough copyright strikes to the point where it got terminated on the same day. References to all the things that, according to Bungie, were actually affected, strikes issued by this individual. And then he calls Bungie into question. He calls CSC into question. He says, hey, maybe there was willful intention. Controversy of copyright. If Bungie really is starting to take a stand on specific content that they allow on YouTube, then even a video containing gameplay isn't safe. And it's totally legal for companies to issue takedowns on gameplay videos, at least in YouTube's eyes. It not, might not be viewed in the same light as music, but it still falls under copyright protection and is subject to the same penalties on YouTube. It's fully within Bungie's rights to do as they please, and I respect that perhaps, but they could use the content ID system rather than issue copyright takedowns. It's all a very advanced kind of plot uh, to get his channel back, perhaps, uh, in this content, but obviously very ill-conceived for that particular goal. On March 20th, responding to a Bungie tweet explaining that they were not behind those notices, Miner tweeted, I just knew it wasn't you guys. I just couldn't believe that you'd do this to us after eight years. I'm so glad I was right. A couple of days later, says the problem with this is YouTube pretty much ignores everyone who doesn't have 500,000 subscribers. And the same with Bungie. It took Bungie almost two months to respond to this. And the only reason they now responded was because they and other larger channels got hit. Again, kind of speaking, if this is the individual responsible for this, that he wasn't happy with the response coming off of those January slash December takedowns. On or about March 22, the same day, Miner sent out a manifesto designed to show so confusion about the legitimacy of CSC's valid and authorized DMCA takedown issued on behalf of Bungie. That's what we saw in that 
highlighted frame that I showed you from that earlier video. They will summarize that manifesto here when we get to it. In another Reddit post the next day, Miner wrote, my channel started getting fake dick downs as early as January and no one batted an eye. So again, at least as publicly presented, Miner is presenting that he thinks that the takedown notices in December slash January were fake, that they weren't otherwise infringing on Bungie's materials, at least as described in their policy. And I am at least a little bit sympathetic to that based on the fact that their policy is so vague. Even after Promethean's channel started getting affected, Bungie still didn't make a public announcement. It wasn't until after their own channels got hit that they made the announcement. And there, from a motivation perspective, might explain why Bungie's channel did in fact get hit is that this individual thought, allegedly, that they needed to hit that channel in order to get a response of any kind. I agree that these fake strikes would have continued after having been ignored for so long. Plus, Bungie has made it clear that unless a larger channel gets affected, then those of us with smaller channels are screwed. In another Reddit post, Miner defended the takedown notices as a necessary and probably beneficial response. I don't agree that this was a great way to get Bungie's attention either, but Bungie did ignore the situation for about two to three months while it was still happening to smaller channels. My channel even got terminated because it amassed all these takedowns. I had been uploading Destiny videos to my channel for eight years. I'm not happy about the current circumstances, but at least now I have a chance at getting my channel restored, and so do others, which all goes to this kind of theory that it's designed to create a smokescreen for getting his channel back. On March 24th, you're still looking into the fake copyright takedowns, right? None of my videos have been restored yet. The weirdness about this is that unless he thinks that they actually were issued in error, you would have to know from a logic standpoint that Bungie looking at this particular situation wouldn't think to restore your videos uh, because they now think that this is all happening because of you. On March 26th, Miner attempted to defraud YouTube into restoring his videos, tweeting at them to claim that his videos were subject to a fraudulent takedown and pointing them to his counter notification that keeps getting rejected, even though I explicitly mentioned the tweet from the copyright holder about the takedowns not being issued at their request. So we have a lot of language from this individual that suggests that he wants his channel back and potentially thinks that this is the right way to do it. Now we're going to get into some of the descriptions that we talked about in our earlier video, so I won't really repeat them here, but Bungie is basically going to say, this is what happened, and we're going to complain about YouTube's process. The fraudulent takedown notices hurt our community. It was covered in Game Industry Biz, GameSpot, PC Gamer, Forbes, even German web portal WinFuture, and Hoag's virtual legality. On March 18th, 2022, our Deputy General Counsel, James Barker, reached out to Bungie's brand protection team at CSC to inquire about a suspicious takedown targeting as to cross. By email, roughly half an hour later, CSC responded that it had no such record, and they confirmed that they had no such record a little bit later. And then Mr. Barker forwarded the image of the takedown from the user, noting the oddity that it mentions removed by Bungie Inc., when that's not the way that this is usually described. Based on those issues, Mr. Barker asked if CSC believed it could be a spoof. They said that they did. Would take him a couple of days to get back. CSC issued a retraction notice requesting restatement of the video. But on Monday, March 21st, it reported that YouTube had denied the retraction request because the retraction notice was not sent from the same email that had issued the initial fraudulent takedown notice. And here's where YouTube kind of gets in trouble. This is where Bungie gets really, really mad and starts talking about it at length because, of course, it's not the same email address. If it's a fraudulent email, then we need to be able to come in as the copyright holder and somehow either be whitelisted or be able to establish to your satisfaction that we didn't ask for this to happen and that the actual request was fraudulent. You get references here to how long it took to get them on the line. While Bungie's legal department management and executives were attempting to negotiate the Byzantine procedural labyrinth Google required, et cetera, et cetera, all these things kept happening. On Monday, the 21st, Miner used his account to email David Thompson CSE, the real CSE account, 
with the following hope striking everyone's content was worth it. You've now got Bungie's full attention. You really ought to grow up and get a life instead of tormenting people from behind a screen. If I were you, I'd delete my Google account right now because Bungie are going to come after you hard, which again is either a Machiavellian plot or shows somebody that is operating without full rationality and logic here because that's the real account that really struck him. But maybe he thinks that it was a fake account. Maybe he thinks that it was CSC operating out of bounds. And while you don't do all the rest of the things that Bungie has alleged of him in this particular document, it's possible that he thought that he wasn't being legitimately targeted. Paragraph 109, meanwhile, members of the Destiny 2 community forwarded Bungie's community team an email Miner had sent using his Jeremy Wyland account, which took credit for the fraud. That's the manifesto we talked about, which again, basically says that David Thompson is the wrong one. And I, though I issued these takedowns, it was basically to show that David Thompson had been doing this and to get attention. David Thompson has been issuing fake takedowns for years with no repercussions. If David Thompson went after more videos, I wouldn't be able to remove the takedowns since takedowns can only be retracted from the original claimant's email address. I can't do anything about though. And then I apologize to everyone else. And it's described here as a manifesto. I described it as a manifesto. When I originally read it, it has those kinds of indicia. And then we get to basically the last new portion of this amended complaint. Bungie identifies minor. So on June 10th, a couple of weeks ago, Google responded to a subpoena served by Bungie in this action, providing Bungie with significant information on the accounts that had sent the fraudulent takedown notices. That included the dates on which the Jeremy Wyland and Damian Reynolds accounts were created, January 26th and March 17th, respectively. A log of each IP address used by Miner in connection with the two accounts. Taken together and combined with the information already in Bungie's possession, the Google data allowed Bungie to conclusively, according to them, obviously, identify Miner as the attacker. First, Miner's IP address information makes crystal clear that he's both Damian Reynolds and Jeremy Wyland, and they, address, they identify this as the 241 address. The 241 address is part of a subnet that talks about California, confirming that the Wyland and Reynolds accounts were operated by the same person on March 22nd, 2022. The Damian Reynolds account logged out from the 241 address and the Wyland account logged in from the 241 address within the same second. Okay, pretty good evidence. Miner also logged into both his Lord Nazo Destiny 2 account and his Overlord Nazo Destiny account from that 241 address. So you can tie Lord Nazo to it. You can tie Overlord Nazo to it. You can tie Damian Reynolds to it. And you can tie Jeremy Wyland to it all at the same time. Miner purchased the Witch Queen OST for delivery to a Rockland address. A download link for the emblem was sent to Perfect Nazo 1. Miner clicked the emblem link to download the emblem using the 241 address. The abusive emails Damian Reynolds sent to David Thompson were sent from the 241 address. The emails that Damian Reynolds and Jeremy Wyland sent in the process of issuing the notices were sent from the 241 address. The manifesto was sent from the 241 address. And as noted above, Miner's perjurous counter notification identified Miner, his address, and the Lord Nazo YouTube account as associated with that perfect Nazo 1 Gmail email. On March 26th, this was changed over to a 206 address. That only the final three numbers in the IP address changed confirms that these two addresses were on the same subnet. From March 27th, 2022, until Miner finally began to use a VPN provider for his Wyland and Reynolds logins in the wake of media reports of this lawsuit, all of Wyland and Reynolds' activity was associated with that 206 address. Throughout May 2022, Miner repeatedly logged into his Overlord Nazo Destiny account from the 206 address, etc., 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 you also get certain references like this. The data revealed in the 2016 data breach from the hacking and cheating site Nold.io 
included accounts registered to the following emails, PerfectNaza1, Jacob Avers, and Jacob A1 million, I believe, which they noted was also filed with respect to the Destiny account in question. All three of those accounts logged in from the same address, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So by the time you get to this section, they've set you up. They've talked about this individual saying things. A lot of it doesn't make sense. A lot of it seems like a Machiavellian plot if he's the one responsible. And then they've put forth in this complaint all of the things that make them believe that this, in fact, is the individual, and all of which I find compelling. Still an allegation, still a complaint document, but what Bungie has put forth certainly sounds like they have nabbed their man on this. And honestly, peeling back the layers of why you do this in this way, whether or not you truly believe that you were somehow negatively impacted by either a fraudulent takedown notice, an accidental takedown notice, or something else, is going to be an open question, but it's bizarre and it's wild. And while it did do certain good things for the community, like Bungie saying that they're going to do more music archival permissions uh, in their policies, obviously that is not the way that you want to operate. By the time that you are filing false claims on behalf of a third party to the detriment of their business and their livelihood, well, you've got a lot of problems. Now, we can talk about those problems and why there are certain areas of the law that Bungie's stretching a little bit here. Doesn't mean that overall I don't think this person is in trouble. I do think that this person is in trouble, probably with a settlement at the end of the day, uh, but very much in trouble because this is the kind of thing that you can't do. And Bungie, as we've talked about earlier, is using this not just against this individual, but also to point out the massive holes in YouTube's security features here to also hopefully get a whitelist or get a documentation requirement or do something that YouTube would require in order to not have this kind of thing happen. Their first cause of action is DMCA 512F, a fraudulent notice. Fraudulent takedown notices targeted the following copyrighted content, a bunch of songs and 31 separate instances apparently directed at standard gameplay videos. Bungie holds the copyright to all of those things. Miner had no right to submit the fraudulent takedown notices, and at least some of the content that was subject to the fraudulent takedown notices was not infringing because upon information and belief, it complied with Bungie's intellectual property policy, and therefore the YouTubers who posted it did so under license from Bungie. We pointed that out in our earlier review of the original lawsuit complaint here, but that's worthwhile to note that Bungie has gone forth in an official legal document again and says, if you comply with that separate policy, that's going to constitute a legal license. And yes, it's vague, it's amorphous, it can be changed on a dime, and it's up to Bungie's interpretation. But having even just this language in there prevents certain aspects of that whole copyright trap notice. Uh, And this is a good thing for people that are making content in the Destiny or other Bungie communities. Now, the issue with this is that they have to actually claim that it's a legal violation. The fraudulent takedown notices were based on knowing and material misrepresentations in violation of 17 U.S.C. 512F. Now, if we go and we look at that, here it is. 17 U.S.C. 512 is what we generally consider the DMCA. It's not the whole DMCA, but it is what relates to takedown notices on platforms like YouTube. It says any person who knowingly materially misrepresents under the section that material or activity is infringing shall be liable to others uh, on that. And I've paraphrased, of course, the end of that. But it's a tricky thing. We've talked about it in other contexts. Knowingly and materially is a high bar. You have to absolutely know that you have lied, and it has to be an important lie. In this case, that material or activity is infringing. Now, what you don't see here in this provision is actually what's at issue in this case, which is that you lied about having authority, right? 
if we just read the letter of this law and not the spirit of the law, and I don't represent, say, Disney Corporation, uh, but I went over to Etsy and I found somebody that was making Mickey Mouse pot holders, and I looked at that and I said, well, that's clearly infringing. That's a derivative work based on copyrighted material that Disney holds in Mickey Mouse. And I put forth a DMCA takedown notice to Etsy, said, hey, look, these people are infringing, uh, and I claimed that I was Disney. Am I violating 512F that says... I only violate this if I knowingly materially misrepresent that material is infringing. I know that it's infringing. We know Disney's copyrights and something as iconic as Mickey Mouse. We can tell that it's a uh, uh, derivative work. Now, what we don't actually know is whether it's licensed. Uh, so you could actually have me on something like that where I had to go through with this insidious plot. But the fact that I don't actually represent Disney isn't covered in this section specifically. It's in fact covered when you're giving the notice itself where the law requires you to put forth a statement that the information in the notification is accurate and under penalty of perjury that the complaining party is authorized to act on behalf of the owner of an exclusive right that is allegedly infringed. This is your protection. It's a perjury claim. It isn't really a 512F claim. Now, again, spirit of the law, you'd say, well, this is the kind of thing that maybe should be covered. This is somebody lying about things that are related to DMCA takedown notices. And I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you. But we actually have to look at these things when we analyze these laws. And so it's at least a bit of a stretch. Moreover, Miner relied on the confusion caused by his fraudulent activity to file knowingly false counter notices challenging the legitimacy of the valid DMCA notices addressed to Miner's own infringing content. And there I'm just not sure at all. There is no indication in anything that Bungie has presented that Miner doesn't believe that the countdown or takedown notices in January and December of last year going forward into March aren't wrong that he's been doing this for eight years, he says, and they've never issued this notice, and he thinks something is up. And again, in order to find a 512F issue, you have to knowingly know it's false. In this case, you'd have to knowingly be aware of the fact that your stuff is infringing. And I haven't seen that indicated from Minor, even though they say that he has these admissions that it's infringing, or I'll take down things that are infringing. I don't see that in what has been presented. So the 512F stuff is maybe not as clean as it otherwise could be. Second cause of action, false designation of origin, 15 U.S.C. 1125A. The submission of a DMCA takedown notice to YouTube is commercial activity. By submitting the fraudulent takedown notices to YouTube under the name Bungie, Miner used the Bungie mark in connection with a service. And under 15, 12, uh, under 15 U.S.C. 1125A, he did in fact deceive as related to that use of the trademark term. And if we look at 512, we see that any person who, or in connection with any goods or services, or any container for goods, uses in commerce a word, term, name, symbol, or device, or any combination thereof, or any false designation of origin, false or misleading description of fact, or false or misleading representation of fact, which is likely to cause confusion, shall be liable. You might say that Bungie's got a point here, but it's an unusual point to make, right? Because this is usually false designation of origin is saying, I'm going to sell a video game, I'm going to slap a Bungie on it, and now I've confused people as to whether or not I'm Bungie. This is a closed loop kind of conversation with YouTube, and there's no indication that they are trying to confuse YouTube as to whether or not they make video games or otherwise are entered into commerce. So actually saying that the DMCA takedown notice part is commercial activity because it impacts interstate commerce is a bit of a stretch. And actually applying the Lanham Act, the Trademark Act, to this particular fact pattern, again, a bit of a stretch. Doesn't mean I think that this individual in question isn't doing bad things, but that I think they have better arguments in other places of the law. 
Next, we have the kind of standard copyright infringement claim. It's kind of standard in half of this, and it's kind of an unstandard in the other half. The non-standard part is when they say each alleged infringement identified in the fraudulent takedown notices was an alleged infringement of content for which Bungie holds the copyright, which is accurate. By submitting the fraudulent takedown notices, the Doe defendants, presumably this was intended to be changed to minor here, but that's fine, infringed Bungie's right under 17 U.S.C. 106 to authorize the public display and performance of its copyrighted works. So said another way, you get these exclusive rights when you create a copyright, and one of those exclusive rights is the right to control public display and performance. It's actually two separate rights, but for our purposes, it's the same. So what they're saying is we have the right to license that out. We did license it out. We were happy with what was being shown out there in public, and this person came in and infringed upon our right to decide what public display was allowed. And that's unusual, not because you can't win that case. In fact, I think Bungie probably could, but because normally when you think about infringement, it's the party that takes a Bungie product and goes and publicly displays it and didn't get permission. This is in fact saying you stopped permission that we had given, and that's at least a little bit novel, even though I think that's a stronger case than some of the other things we've talked about. Even stronger still is the kind of thing that we see in paragraph 172, minors YouTube uploads of the 24 videos for which he received DMCA takedowns infringed our rights. That's the standard way you look at this, which is we never gave you permission to do that because it wasn't part of our policy. But because we've said the policy is a license, that can be a fact-based kind of argument if it came up. And while as a general policy and in the absence of factors beyond simply an infringing upload, Bungie does not typically sue infringers in this particular case due to the maliciousness, all the other stuff that happened, we find that that warrants an infringement suit in this particular instance. And if Minor actually did all these things, who can blame them? But this is the easy one, right? Provided that we don't have an issue with what's actually in their policy, which now constitutes a legal license of sorts, then this is the easy one to claim infringement on. Moreover, Minor has announced his intention to continue infringing. I just want everyone to know this won't be the end. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue uploading Destiny content on the channel, but I might offload my deleted videos to a different channel, which again, I think is going a step too far. Right? Bungie says, hey, we've given permission to do these various kinds of things to various kinds of people. By saying I'm going to continue uploading Destiny content, that isn't actually an admission of infringement, provided that you comply with this policy that is otherwise out there. Uh, so you know, maybe Bungie should have a, hey, if you've been sued by us and lost, then this can't apply to you. Wouldn't be the worst provision in the world. But this doesn't actually make the admission that they're claiming it's making. I don't have a problem with that. This is zealous advocacy, but it's worth noting when we go over it. Business defamation, I think, is actually very strong. Miner made that false claim with actual knowledge that in implementing a DMCA takedown, YouTube would pass along the false assertion of the targeted YouTubers. They have to in order to work within their own policies and the DMCA itself, and that that getting passed along is what hurt us. Upon information and belief, Miner made the false claim with the intent that the targeted YouTubers would report to their subscribers, followers, and friends that Bungie had taken down their videos and our channels, and Miner's intent was to cause anger and consternation at Bungie within the Destiny community. I think that is a form of defamation in most instances that we would consider it. You do note here, however, that it doesn't actually talk about specifics in terms of legal language, uh, and that might be a problem in the long run. Uh, fifth cause of action, violation of the Washington Consumer Protection Act. Miner has engaged in unfair and deceptive acts by fraudulently impersonating Bungie to issue false takedown notices. Again, this is the umbrella kind of language that you see at various state levels. We talked about this with respect to Epic versus Apple, for instance, and the California unfair laws, etc. Here, you have a very similar kind of concept. And honestly, it seems like the kind of thing that an umbrella law about unfair and deceptive acts is actually designed to capture that this is something bad. This was designed to hurt Bungie. And so 
it's the kind of thing that we should be looking at uh, pretty closely under a law like that. Six cause of action, breach of contract. Again, you signed up with Destiny 2. We prohibit you from copying, reproducing, distributing, displaying, or using any part of Destiny 2 except is expressly authorized. Miners' upload of the uploaded works was not expressly authorized, thus breached the LSLA. Again, you do have an issue here with whether or not he was properly licensed. That all gets back to the facts and circumstances of the video that he actually put up. We ask for a jury trial and we ask for damages, injunctive relief, costs, and anything else that the court would otherwise have. So overall, it's a presentation of a very damning set of facts that can get you into a lot of trouble, none of which fall precisely into the buckets that Bungie has actually claimed here, but all of which taken together in a kind of an equitable basis, I think are likely to win Bungie the day and very likely to win Bungie a settlement or otherwise a go away kind of concept because Bungie knows that this individual probably doesn't have the actual damages to hand over to them, but they want to make sure that this kind of thing is looked down upon as they are justified to do. And they really want to highlight that this should be an issue for YouTube. So that's the analysis of what's going on as of the late June time period for Bungie versus who we now know to be Nicholas Minor, AKA Lord Nazo. What do you all think of this? Do you think that this is the kind of thing that Bungie should pursue? Do you think that Lord Nazo was legitimate in his grievances? Was he Machiavellian? Was it a Joker style plot? Is he a little bit off his rationality rocker? What do you think of this? Please leave a comment below. We love to have those conversations in this space. Otherwise, if you want to support conversations like this in virtual legality about the business and law of video games, pop culture, technology, and more, please do, as I mentioned earlier in this video, consider supporting us at Utreon, consider supporting us at Patreon. I want to give thanks once again to our June sponsors, Brendan Coleman, Chill and Joy, Dragon Girl, Falcus Vipus, Lady Emily, Lethal Five String, Nord, Opal Studded Dagger, and Sinfrog. Cannot do it without viewers and listeners like you. Otherwise, just subscribing, telling your friends, leaving those upvotes, even downvotes if you didn't like something that was said today. All that engagement helps YouTube notice that we're out here having these conversations. If you did watch it on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.